Another thing I wanted to do is I wanted to invite you August the 11th through the 18th. Matter of fact, if you can just mark it on your calendar, August the 11th through the 18th, I will be raptured to the Navajo Nation. Okay? So, what do you mean raptured? Just get on a plane, you'll be raptured. Okay? <laughs> and uh, head towards the West, young man. And so, what, uh, the Navajo Nation, uh, my brother, I don't know if you heard, this young minister, Clay Nash, he will be there, okay? And uh, he was one of our speakers this year, and he will, I, I invite him back. So the Navajo people really love him, and uh, we, we do too so much. And he's spoken many times into my life, and uh, we, we honor him and his family, everything that they do. And uh, they've been a part of the Navajo Nation for a number of years. But uh, Healing of the Nation is the name of it. It's, it's a motorcycle rally, but you don't have to have a motorcycle, okay? So you can come just as you are, all right? And, and just be part of those meetings. We have myself, I'll be speaking. Clay Nash will be speaking. Uh, Brother Kenneth Copeland will be speaking. Um, Jesse Duplantis will be there. Rodney Howard Brown will be there. So, I mean, we're going to have a meeting. Okay, and so talking about getting some healing done, getting some restoration, recompense going on. And I mean, it's going to be a good time out, you know, out in the desert. And so I remember that there's one scripture in Isaiah that said, God's going to make the deserts where it's dry, right? There will be rivers there out in the wilderness. And so I believe that's part of it is we're going to have the rivers of living water running through the desert. So... Be part of do we have that video? All right, let's do it. of the nation is a motorcycle rally that we have on the Navajo Reservation. We are located just right outside the Grand Canyon here in Arizona. Not just only the Indian nations, but also the nations of the world come here. We have Brother Copeland here at the Healing of the Nations tonight and everybody's excited. We're already hearing testimonies of how people are being touched, healed and set free from mindsets from, from sicknesses to in their bodies, from pain in their bodies. This is not his first time coming to the Navajo country. In 1972, he came to the Navajo Nation. Brother Copeland continues to come. And it's been a whole generation now that he's been coming and he continues to preach the word of faith to the Navajo people, to the Indian Nation, and the Native American people have received him, the nations have received him, and received the word of God and the anointing on his life. Thank you so much, partners, and thank you so much, brother. Kenneth and Gloria, you are a blessing to our Indian country, our Indian nation, and so we are excited that you are part of it, and we're, we're ready for the Word of God with Brother Copeland here tonight. Amen, amen.
So if you can't make it, there would be an honor for you. It's a totally different world. I mean, it's totally, you're coming to another nation. You're going to actually leave America and come into a whole different nation. So here, let me set up my phone while I'm talking to you. I got to keep on this, even though I'm not here. Sorry. So, but um, what I want you to understand is uh, with the healing of the nation, what, what the whole motivation is really to bring the different nations together to where we can begin to see different perspectives of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so um, I think that's all our announcements, huh? Anything else? All right. So um, let's go ahead and uh, start this morning. And I, I really, again, thank you, uh, the Nash family, for inviting us to come. Uh, and, and all of you guys that, that are here, that, are, that come to this church, I mean, uh, thank you for being out here today, even though it's raining. And so um, I'm going to go uh, to Ephesians. Yeah, we're going to do the Hope Stone Hung in a bit. Hang on, girl. So um, let's go to Ephesians. Um, there's a lot of different places we could go, but I think um, Ephesians is where I want to go to this, this morning. Chapter 3, and uh, we'll start with... Uh, Verse 14, and I'll, you know, throughout the, the, the session here, I'll, I'll, I'll refer back to these scriptures, but I really want us to understand the scripture that we're about to read, these scriptures. For this cause, I will bow my knees, Ephesians 3, 14, and we'll read all the way down as far as we can. Uh, For this cause, I will bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. So it's very important that we read this with honor. One of the things that Paul says is, I bow my knees. How many of you ever bowed your knees? And who do you bow your knees to? And I think that's very important. So <clears throat> when you approach the Father, when you approach Jesus, our King, you bow your knees. And many times, it, was, is, it is with great honor, in other words. And so if we can understand the picture of what Paul is saying here, with great privilege and with great honor, for this reason I bow my knees unto who? Unto you, unto the Lord, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. So there, <clears throat> we are a family. Am I right? We are a family, and family in heaven and family here on earth. So we have family members today that are in heaven, and we have family members still here on earth. And so I want you to understand this. Uh, the heart of Paul here is saying, of whom the whole, the whole family the complete family. Nobody's left out. So here, and then we continue from here on, that we know that we're family now. 
that he would grant unto us or unto you and I according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his inner by his spirit in the inner man that Christ may dwell in our hearts by faith and we believe that it is right today right Christ dwells in your heart today by faith amen that you being rooted and grounded in love that is so key so he's describing the family of God now that we are not only in Christ but we are rooted and grounded in love so there's a reason why it's so important to understand get a full revelation or get a full knowledge of love because if you don't understand love there's no way that what I'm about to share with you today is going to happen in the church and so it's very important that we understand what love is in the love of God here that he's talking about so that Christ may dwell in our hearts by faith being rooted and grounded in love. Say, I am rooted and grounded in love. The Bible says that you are a complete person. Am I right? In Christ. Complete means there's nothing missing, nothing broken. Complete means there is no need for anything. Am I right? So the Bible also says that we've been given a precious faith. We've been given a measure of faith. So part of our completeness is this faith. We have a complete faith. The faith that Jesus had on this earth, we now have. The faith that Jesus developed and accomplished is now in us. Do you agree with that? So we don't have a faith problem in the body of Christ. Oh, one amen. We're going to have a landslide here. So we don't have a faith problem in the body of Christ. So you can't say, like, I know Mary, you guys were saying Mary is going through some things. So Mary, we don't have a faith problem. It's not that you have faith issue of receiving. You have the same quantity and the same quality of faith that Jesus had on this earth. So you're complete. So we either, we, we got to realize we, we, we um, you know, we're complete or we're not complete. The love that Jesus walked in, we have the same love. The faith that Jesus had, we have the same exact. And so there we have to realize now, I need to, well, what about all those ministers that are saying you got to develop the faith? Well, the faith is already developed for us. Jesus did it all. So therefore, now we've got to learn how to operate in that faith. You know, um, these new cars, uh, Tesla cars, you know, you plug them in. They don't need gas. You know, I was looking at one of them the other day, and, and I mean, it's amazing some of the things, that, the technology that's available in that. But it's a whole new mindset to drive one of those. Because if I was driving, if I don't change my mind, I'll be at a gas station. See, how many of us in this new covenant still go up to the gas station and the gas station is obsolete? See, the, even Paul says the Old Testament is obsolete. 
the old way of doing things. See, there, there has to come a time to where these scriptures have to come alive to us that I am whole, I am complete, I am in him. If I'm in him, I have no faith issue, I have no love issue. I have the mind of Christ, and I can see people the way God sees people. So that's the whole reason why God gave you his faith, his love, and everything, his spirit, everything that he is. There's a reason why he gave it to you because we as a family have a business. Jesus at a young age says, I'm about my father's business. He wasn't talking about the carpentry work. He was talking about the business of people. So as a church, we are the church. This is, this is just a building. We, the church, as family, have a business. And lately, our business has not been doing good. So it's time to change some things, you know. And at the ministry, we, we run a business. The ministry is a business. But when things aren't working, we step back and we begin to look at it and begin to say, is this working or it's not working? If it's not working, we get rid of it and begin to pray to put something else that's working in there. And so when you're running a business, you have to understand you have to, you cannot waste any time. Because time is not on our side, am I right? So I want you to understand something. Part of having, being a family, and our father has a business, which is people business. And we have to understand that part of being in this business is that we have to see people the way our Father sees people. And that's why he gave you his eyes, his ears, and his voice. I have too many people that says, I'm searching for the voice of God. But really, if we are complete in him, you don't need to search for the voice of God anymore. Matter of fact, you don't have to hear the voice of God anymore. Oh, the amen Stop there. Because you are the voice now. Jesus made you. Are you one with Jesus? Yeah. Are you one with the Father? Are you one with the Holy Ghost? So who's the voice? You are. So if you want to hear the voice of God, you look into a mirror, get your Bible, read the scriptures out loud. And you will hear the voice of God. Say, I am the voice. That's right. Is this, it's kind of funny that in the Old Testament, they chased the voice of God. In the New Testament, Paul talks about being led by the Spirit. And so we have to understand that we now have to be led by the Spirit of God. So then in the New Testament, there's two sons that the Bible talks about. One, number one is in John chapter 1, where he talks about the technon sons of God. These technon sons are baby Christians. Okay, they're beginning to learn how to utilize their powers and who they are. You know, what do you mean by that? Have you ever seen those, like I remember watching with my girls a, a few years back, they were watching uh, Spider-Man. And Spider-Man, in this movie, he had the power, but he had to begin to learn to develop in the power. And that's like us, the Technon sons 
of God are the ones that have the power, they have the faith, they have the love, they have the mind of Christ, they have all the abilities of their Father, but now they have to renew their minds, be transformed by the renewing of the minds to where you begin to utilize the power. Amen. The development, the, the use of the power. We develop in the use of that power. And so we are like our fathers. The next thing that we have to realize is there's the second son, sons of God. It is called the we are sons of God. And that's found in Romans. That the, the book of Romans chapter 8 talks about it to where these sons are led by the Spirit. The we, we are sons, if you look at the, in the life of Jesus, you will find out many times Jesus was referred to those we are sons. The we are sons are the ones that know their covenant rights. They know who they are. They have developed their love walk, you, could, you may say. They have developed the use of the love, the use of faith, the use of the equipment. They were all the superpower that they have. They, all the spiritual gifts that Paul talked about. Is it awesome to be part of this tribe? We're a nation. Am I right? We're a nation. We are our own nation. First of all, we honor the nation of who we come from, the nation that, that, it, that is royal, the nation that belongs to Jesus, the, the bloodline. Am I right? We're all the same tribe, right? In our tribe, we still drink blood. Am I right? <laughs> we eat flesh. We're still savages, right? You know, we, we do. I mean, all the blood, the blood has, I mean, I'm not going to go into the blood message here. And the blood, it means a lot to us. It's not just a promise. The American church thinks that this covenant that we're in with God is just a promise of words. Because that's, the, that's as far as English words can think. A solemn oath. It's beyond a solemn oath. This new testament, this new covenant that Jesus has made with the Father is more deeper than the Abrahamic covenant, the Mosaic covenant, and all the covenant of the past. Because the covenant of the past was based on men's words. But this new covenant, it's amazing that we're not, it's not, has nothing to do with us. We're just born into it. When you're born into it, it has more power to it. Because when, once you're born into it, you cannot reverse a birth. That's why when there is a birth that takes place, the blood is shed. And once the blood is shed, the birthing begins to take place, the process of that. And once the baby's out, you cannot force it back in there. Why? The blood has been shed. And so that's the blood we honor. There is a new birth that we have to realize. A adoption has happened from one. You've been translated from one kingdom to another kingdom. You've been birthed through this tunnel. And the blood is the one that made sure that you stay in the family of God. We are of one blood, the Bible says. Now, let me continue here. Because this is very important that we understand 
who we are. Because if we don't understand who we are, then we're going to misrepresent our nation. And so here, let's, let's start with here, uh, back to Ephesians. And um, let me see if I can finish these verses here. Um, that we be rooted and grounded in love. This is the key part that I want to get to is verse 18, Ephesians 3, 18. Once we are rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height of the love of God. And so here, notice the Bible says that we may be able to comprehend. Comprehend there is, it means to have full understanding. Not some understanding, full understanding. So, what is full understanding? You know, I, you know, this is our new technology, that the, the iPhone. And I don't have full understanding of this. Okay, even if you go back to iPhone 4, I have no full understanding of that either. <clears throat> what does full understanding mean? Full understanding means you know every working part. That we may comprehend or have a full understanding of every working part in the body of Christ. But we have only seen, what do you mean by that? We have only seen one way of gospel preaching. Which is the American westernized way. And when we begin to hear something different it's hard for us to go along with it because we've been washed and i have this teaching at home which is called being delivered from the american gospel and what it is is it, what really got me was years ago I was on youtube and i was watching um it just came across as i was strolling through different things and it came across and these organization, Christian organization from America, we're so happy that they're celebrating their, I think it was their 10th or 15th anniversary or something like that, to where they had went to Africa and they had established a Bible school and a church there, and they showed pictures through the years. <clears throat> it made me cry. And what had happened was they started out, when they started out, they had these natives of African, the tribes there, they were wearing, they were wearing their uh, regalia, you know, their tribal regalia. And as the years went by, they began to lose it. And after 15 years, these men and women of the tribe were now in suits. And these, this American organization was so proud of them. What is the gospel, first of all? And that is my question to you is, as the family of God and as we have a great business that our Father's running and we're part of that, but really the bottom line is what is the gospel? It's like, it's like me saying, telling you, can you go to the reservation and preach Christmas? Can you preach Christmas without bringing your lights, without bringing the trees, without bringing the decorations, without all of that? Can you tell us what is Christmas. 
without bringing a culture, your culture with you, can you simply tell us what Christmas is about? And so that's what I mean is many times we think the gospel, we, just because the, the Bible is translated into English, that that is the final concrete of all for all mankind. But many times we see the English word. I have nothing against English people, English words, and all of that. But one thing I do have a problem is the English word can be twisted many different ways. This is not a pure language like the Hebrew language. Many of our tribal languages are very descriptive, and therefore they they they, they um, they're, it's hard to tell a lie especially with our, our, among our Navajo people, our Navajo language is very descriptive, and it was used in World War II to deliver America. And so when they talked on there, it was very descriptive of what was going on, what they ought to do, and it wasn't a shady language. And so I want you to understand something here about the Hebrew language. The Hebrew language is the same, very descriptive. They were tribal people. And I, one of the things that I really... Uh, uh, like about the gospel, one of the greatest revelation that I received, yeah, I, I understand that being saved was one of them, but one of the greatest, second, you may say, revelation I received was that the gospel of Jesus Christ was not a white man's gospel. Because I saw tribes in there, and, and coming from a tribe, you know, it was hard for the missionary to see where I was coming from because I was told by the missionaries, you can't do this, you can't wear your native jewelry, you can't speak your native tongue, you can't, re you can't read your native ways, you can't sing in your native way, you can't do and all these things. My culture, my identity was taken out and replaced with this Christian, American, Western thinking. Now that is, your, you're a good Christian now that you cut your hair. And so that was what was placed in me and through the years and still going on today. And still today, we still have the same mentality that the Christian American ways are, is the way. But it made me cry looking at that video on YouTube to see the, the process in one group of people in one organization, they were happy and they were celebrating. We have changed these natives and we have reached a nation. So my question, is that the gospel or is the gospel different than that? Because Paul talked about a gospel. He says, there's a real gospel, then there is a gospel that seems real, but it's not real. And so the gospel to me is the one that will bear fruit. So you will hear many different Gospels. We see that with Paul. We see Paul, Paul talking about many different Gospels. But he says there is a right Gospel of Jesus Christ. That in this Gospel, and we see even from the mouth of Jesus, and we, we see from the mouth of the disciples, that this Gospel will bear fruit. And this Gospel, when it is heard, people will get delivered and healed. The blind shall see. The death, right? Well, here, and so we got to understand there is power in the real gospel. And so we have to begin to 
renew our minds as part of the family of God in this scripture where it says that being rooted and grounded in love, you may be able to comprehend with all the saints. And I believe that's one of the things that the church we have never done before is begin to get a comprehension of the rest of the body of Christ. Because as American church, we're so tunnel vision that we have one way gospel. This is the way it's done. If you don't flow like me, then you're going to have to go down to the next church. If you don't read the Bible like me or sing the songs I sing and, you know, that I'm comfortable with. So therefore, if you don't do those things, then you're going to have to start your own organization over here. And I don't need to work with you. and I don't need to deal with you. But Jesus said two things. Number one, he says... Come follow me, which we've done very easy, all of us here. But the next thing he says is learn of me. And so part of learning of Jesus means you're going to have to learn who I am because I'm part of Jesus and you're part of Jesus. And as much as maybe I don't like you, I don't, whatever it may be, uh, I, I got to learn of you because obviously the Bible says that I need you and you need me. And so why is it that I need you? Because there's no way I can do this gospel work by myself because there's people you can reach and there's people I can reach. And so we need each other in the body of Christ. We have a great commission. I believe that we're losing every day that commission because we're so focused on one view of the gospel. But see, if you read here in Ephesians, it says, you will comprehend with all the saints. That means all the saints, everybody. Okay? All the saints. What is the what? Breath. And what is the? Length. And what is the? The what? Height. And depth. That means... People are going to see the gospel in many different ways. Because when I first got the Bible, I, I was forced to believe it the way the missionaries told me to believe it. And you have to understand, back in the 70s, many of our native people did not understand or read English. And so we had to rely on the missionaries to tell us the truth. So whatever the missionaries told us is what we believe. Our relationship with God was now through the missionary, but the missionary came with religion. The missionary came with uh, their own culture that was pushed on us. You know, not too long ago, Billy Graham said, I wish uh, that we did not come to these Indian reservations and push our culture on them. We should have just went there to preach Christ and let Christ do the changing. And I'm going to tell you something very important. You are not going to change a nation. Contrary to what many ministers are saying today, changing a nation, we are not really to change a nation. It is up to the Holy Spirit, the Christ, to change that nation. Are you understanding? I am coming from a place because I want this church to grow. Yesterday, I, I went to a place that was very uncomfortable for me. Usually, if I'm, you know, I, I don't, we don't do what we did yesterday. We come into a tribe like that. 
but we step into another world. But I, w- I was familiar with the tribal ways. And I spoke to them in, in a tribal manner. And see, when I'm ministering to tribes, I know what the colors mean. I know what, what certain signs mean. And they offered us food. And most people would have ate that food. But for me, is that, no, I'm not ready to eat your food yet. Because when you sit down, that's even a covenant meal. And Paul, over and over, has warned the church on that. As American people, we're so far from our tribal ways. We have missed so much in the Bible because all we see here is the westernized way. We see the prosperity in the westernized way. And and, and the Bible talks about prosperity. And when you look at the lives of tribal people, our Navajo people, their prosperity definition is totally different than your definition. And so for you, you think, well, you know, uh, uh, this is prosperity. You got to have a big home. You got to, you know, do this and have success. And, you know, all that, 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 that is prosperity to you. But for our Navajo people, our first... Our first prosperity is, do you have land? Because if you don't have land, then you have nothing. And then on on top of that is, do you have a belonging? Do you belong to someone? Do you belong somewhere? Or are you out on your own? Because in our tribal way, there's no such thing as I. We come from a matriarch mentality versus a patriarch mentality. A patriarch mentality says, I am the pastor. I am the great leader. You follow me. We're going to go that direction. But that's not what the Bible says to do. The Bible says that we, we, right? That's part of a tribal talk is a we. And so the we part says, I'm here the way I introduce myself in Navajo. I introduce myself not as Elson Bennett. That's my English side. That's my American name, United States name, government name. But on my Navajo side, when I introduce myself, I introduce myself, my mother's side, that whole, what we call the family unit, that whole family unit is salt people. Okay? My father's side is the Deerwater people. So when, I, when I'm asked to introduce myself, I introduce myself, my, fa- my mother's side first, then my father's side, and then I say, that's who I am. And so it's not, the decisions I make is not based on what I want, it's based on four, or excuse me, three generations up, three generations back. So it's not about me, so now, when I introduce, it's not about, it's not me, it's not I, it's we. We. And that's the way Jesus set up this kingdom is about we. He never set it up to where it's supposed to be about you. And that's why he made a body of Christ. But then he described the body of Christ as not just one, but many members. Sounds like a tribe. And the bloodline runs through all of them. And so we, as a family, we got to realize something. As a family of God, there's no such thing as colors. 
Can we get that in the church? Because I learned prejudice, I learned racism in the church. I learned about separation in the church. Because they told me, you're an Indian, so you're, you're part of this group. You're black, so you're part of that group. You're white, so you're part of this group. You're Baptist, so you're part of that group. So all these separation I've learned in the church. But praise God, I woke up one day and I saw the book, not as a westernized book. I saw it as a gospel of Jesus Christ that was a tribal book to me. So what I'm telling you is many times different people will see the Bible in a different way. When I saw the Bible the way God wanted me to see it, it brought a whole new life to me, a whole new way of living to me. Because I tried to fit in as American. I couldn't do it. I cut my hair one time. I, it didn't, I didn't look good. I wore your clothes, and sometimes, you know, you sit down, and the button, it didn't fit me, okay? And I did, I, I jumped through the hoops of all the American gospel to try to fit in, and maybe they'll have me minister. Maybe they'll utilize me in the body of Christ. But no, they put more rules on the table for me. You haven't been known enough yet. You have not written 20 books. You're not on television. You don't have your own airplane. You don't have a big church. You're out in the desert like John. And so, therefore, we can't utilize you because you're not going to draw the crowd that we want. You're not there spiritually because you don't pray like I do. You don't see the scriptures like we do here with our great theology and philosophies. You can't, you're not American enough. To be with the great American preachers. So is that the gospel that we're sharing with the world? And because of that, many people have stepped out of the church, and that's why our churches are empty today. As I walk the streets of the cities, as I walk the reservation roads, as I walk in the country and me talking with people, I talk to them. Do you believe in Jesus, though? They say, yes, we believe in Jesus, but the church hurt us. It's time to refocus. It's time to begin to learn people. And the first place we do is close our mouth and listen. And I remember being in school, learning the American ways. I had many questions, but the, in boarding school, they used to tell us, don't talk. You listen and learn. And that's the same thing we need to do in the church is begin to listen and learn again. Because whether we like it or not, our world around us is changing. And we have to begin to adapt our message to reach those people. 
And my question is, what gospel are we going to go out there with? The Bible says here that we will be able to comprehend with all the saints. Well, everybody's on their own journey. Some people, they have very few of them. They have eyes to see, ears to hear. But some are not there yet. And so we have to understand that. And so when we begin to talk about these four, four elements, we have to realize, you take, I remember going to Bible school, and they, one of the things that they first taught us was rightly divide the word of truth. And the first thing it says in the Old Testament is for the unsaved nations. And then they said the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the Gospels is for the Jews. Then from the book of Acts on is for the church. And so it's very important how you read and minister the gospel is that who are you ministering the gospel to? And I, one thing I know about the Bible now is that it is written to all mankind. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son or word that whosoever believeth on him shall have an everlasting life. And I still believe that. And so therefore, I see the Bible as a letter to the whole world. So when I go, and, and let me tell you, this, the, over here is, is, as a church, this is our rightful place. Our rightful place as a church is to be seated with one Jesus Christ, to be one with him. And Jesus is seated in heaven today at the right hand of the Father. Am I right? And guess where, where you are? You're seated with him. And the Bible says that you're going to rule and reign with one Jesus Christ. Am I right? So there's a reason why he wants you to rule and reign with him. So he may say, Elson, I need you to go to those traditional people. So I know you're here with me, but there's some people still on their journey that someone needs to hear to go tell them about the true gospel. So I would leave from the throne, and he has sent me, the sent one, the appointed one, the anointed one. Now I'm anointed to go reach over here to someone that is still maybe unsaved or maybe someone's trying to get, reach God through their ceremonial ways. But I got to understand them, and I got to be and have knowledge of how to minister to them. Comprehending with all the saints. And so therefore, I may minister to these tribal people because the, the, the Old Testament is for the nation. So many times I'll use some of the things that they did in the Old Testament, examples of how they did in the Old Testament, an example of what they're doing, and the answer at the end is the cross, and they may see receive Jesus, but that's all, not all. They may receive not only Jesus, but they may receive the baptism of water and the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and that I may reconcile them with the Father. That's the journey. That's the gospel. Then there's some that may be stuck here at the cross, and there's some that may be stuck here at the river, some that's stuck at the, 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 the upper room, 
but very few are sitting, seated here. How many Christians are really stuck at these different places? How many Christians are still back here that say, well, you know, I, I still you know, believe in self-effort and ceremonials. How many Christians are just say, well, the, the cross is the only way and this is the only place that, that I, I, you know, they're, they're camp and they're stuck here. But someone needs to go to these camp here and the camp over here to preach them the right gospel. Are we able to comprehend with the ceremonial people? And I can guarantee you're not. But you know someone that can. Just to give you a little hint. You can partner up with me. And I can say, hey, I don't have the gas money to get to Africa. You may say, oh, no problem. Here. I'm gone. We're on a mission together now. Because I can go to those tribes. And I don't even have to speak their language. All I got to know is the tribal ways. There's the international tribal language that even started even before the Bible days. And it's still practiced today. Do you understand that? You do understand that? So I can send you to Africa and you'll know. That's what I mean. I don't think any of you understand. But I do. And I can speak tribal ways with them. I'm a gift to you. But you're a gift to me too. Because there's people you can reach that I can't reach. There's Native Americans that rather hear from you than me. That's where I can utilize you. That's why I invite you to come to the healing of the nations because can you imagine one place where Christians are, this tribe called Christians are scattered everywhere? And talking to people because most Native American people, they won't come to me. They won't receive from me, but they sure like their guests. And you will minister in a way to them. Directed by the Holy Ghost. And melt their hearts with the love of God. And get them saved. We are in the people business. Entertainment world. Art world. Music world. Television world. There's so many different worlds that we still got to get. But it's not going to be the way we the history of Christianity has not worked. After 450 years of gospel ministry to the Native Americans, we don't have one Native American minister that is well-known in the mainstream of Christianity. So have we preached the right gospel to these Native Americans? Or have we just paralyzed them? Because there's one thing that Ben Carson said. If we agree on everything, if everybody, if we all agreed on everything, then we're going to get to a place where we don't, we won't, we're not going to be able to utilize one another. Say it the right way. 
If two of us agree, then one of us is not necessary. So that's what has happened in the church because now we have this one gospel, one way, and it, we become a tunnel vision, and it's like we only know one gospel. So the only thing to do now is just to get the famous preachers. Because we don't need each other. I thought we were voices. And so this is something to wake up to, my people. We are of this great tribe. All of you walk in great power. You've been gifted by God. You are directed by the Holy Ghost. But it's time to awaken. When I see this flag, this is not a very good flag for our Native American people. When I first saw it with Clay, in my heart, I want to just say, I'll move on. But in my spirit, it says, go into that world and listen. And I have listened. And I have received good things. And when I was up in um, Arkansas, Harrison, People were, some of the Native pastors and many other Native American activists, they were texting me because I told them I was here and they saw this flag and they're like, what are you doing there? Why are you part of that group? Do you know what they stand for? And they, they, they list down the whole thing for me. The thing is, there needs to be healing that has to start somewhere. And we are the people to do it. Some of the history that George Washington has done. He hasn't been good to Native American people. And many, I'm just telling you from the Native American viewpoint. I'm, not, I'm telling you, I'm not telling you this is what I believe. I believe, first of all, in the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe in that power of love can melt that thing down. I believe in the blood of Jesus Christ and the name has authority. I believe. That's what I believe. I am whole, complete, healed Native American. But my job is to go back to some of these people that were wounded and bring healing. And so therefore, as I listen, I, I learned something. The message is different. The messages of peace and love. And now I can go back to the people that text me and go back to my reservation and tell them that message, this message is different than what George Washington did back then. And so history, many people say, was it Native Americans? Will they ever get over it? We've got over the history part of it. But it continues to happen every day in our reservations. The land's still taken from us. The treaties are still not kept. 
And it goes on, and the list goes on and on and on about the government. But in the midst of that, we preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And what I'm preaching to you, I preach the same thing out there. To forgive the white man, the government, the black man, the Hispanic man, the Mexicans, all mankind. And so therefore, I do the same thing here. Let me finish. I, I didn't get to the places I needed to get to. And to know this, this love of Christ that passeth knowledge, that we might, be, we might be filled with all the fullness of God. That we might be filled with all the fullness of God. I really want to see another part of God. There's a definition in the Old Testament. We see it in Isaiah 61. We see awake, arise, and shine, the prophecy that was given there. And Isaiah, I believe, saw something so great, a light so powerful, a light that, that just, it was the same light that, that came out of God. And I believe Isaiah was identifying and saw prophetically the church of Jesus Christ. And when you begin to look at the, the, name, the word glory, you will begin to find out in the Old Testament, there are many ways the glory of God appeared. So the, the main three ways that we see that, that the glory manifests was, first of all, in the presence of God. Wherever the presence of God in the Old Testament was, the glory of God was there. So there was the presence, then there was the power. Whenever the power of God showed up, the glory of God was there. And so we have to understand something. And, and really the third point is wherever the presence of God, the power of God was, there was always a good thing that happened for all men. So we are the glorious church that Isaiah was talking about, that he saw a group of people that were like clouds that went to and fro. And these group of people had the light on them, in them. This light gave revelation enlightenment to nations to people so today I want you to understand some you are the presence of God you carry the presence of God you're not trying to seek the presence of God the church of Jesus Christ is the presence of God. The church of Jesus Christ is the power of God. The church of Jesus Christ 
carries the goodness of God. And it reminds me of this scripture, Acts 10, 38. How God anointed, there's your presence. How God anointed Jesus Christ with what? The Holy Ghost and power. There's your power. Who went about doing? There's your goodness. Healing all the Indian nations, the black nation, the white nation, it doesn't matter what nation, all, healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Healing all that were oppressed of the devil. He went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil. For what? Why? God was with him. In the Old Testament, they chased the presence of God. In the New Testament, the presence of God chases us. Praise God for the cross. At the cross where I first saw and light, the new birth, the blood has been shed. I'm a new creature. And I have to tell people about that. So therefore, let us be the people of hope. I have this great hope today. Come here, brother. Come here, brother. That you, we, the church, will become colorblind. The Bible says we are of one color. It doesn't really say that way, does it? It says it, that we are one blood. And if we're one blood, all of us run red. Am I right? If we all run red, then there's only one color. You're just a little darker brown. You're just a little lighter brown. But we're one color. And I'm the perfect brown. No. <laughs> but we as a church need to stop looking at colors. He's a white man. He's a black man. I mean, you know, I may tease white guys because they deserve it. But the thing is, <laughs> you know, so I got some guys that I tease and, and they are Caucasian, white, super American, and I pick on them a lot. So I, I jokingly, I do do that, you know. So, but really, in everyday life, we shouldn't even see. Yesterday, I told Callie that we, we were among different nationalities, and I said, Callie, let's not look at the colors. She goes, how do you do that, Dad? This is how you do it. You see just the brown color, if you're going to look at colors. Because once you just see the brown color, there's no, I can't call you a black man. I can't call you a white man. Because we, at the, in the church, we don't realize it, but we've done it. Well, you're black, so you might want to go to your black neighborhoods and preach the gospel there. 
you're white, so you're going to go to the white world. And you're Native American, so we're going to send you by your color instead of by the anointing. What if he's anointed to go down to that place where the black people are and minister the gospel of Jesus Christ? For we are not ashamed of that gospel that what? Has the power that is the power of God. See, that's what we've done in the church. Oh, we have a black church. We have a Native American church. We have a white church. We are the church. We are family. But we all are saints, and we're all going to see the Bible in a different way. Okay, let's place you in Paris. I want to place you in somewhere in Russia. Okay. And then I want to be here in the States. Okay, when the sun is going down in Arizona, the sun is going up where? Or is it noon there? Sun's going down in Russia. You see? It's coming up in Russia. Midday in Paris. But if you notice, I want to say, hey, brother, in Arizona, the sky and the sun going down is nice and orange. Oh, it's beautiful. I've never ever seen an Arizona sunset. It's so beautiful. Then this brother's going to say, no, 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 no. It's, uh-uh. It's, it's, it's pink. It's coming up. It, it, it's pink. And then this brother's, no, 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 no. It's white. The sky's blue. It's white. But there's one sun. Who's right? That's what I'm talking about here at the church. Why have we just pushed just the one perspective? But there are many perspectives. And that we're going to learn from one another. That is my hope, people. Thank you. Thank you. I believe... And I'm praying that I change some of your mindset. That the Spirit of God continue to move on you. Mary, you keep coming up. Where are you, Mary? Where's the camera? Right there? I want you to put this in your mouth. I want you to say... Let me, let me, let me, let me look it up. I want to say it correctly. In Luke chapter thirty-eight, Mary said this, and you saw what happened. Mary, you do the same thing today. Let it be done to me 
according to thy word. So we come to agreement with that. Let it be done to you according to the word of the Lord that you are healing well. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Well, again, thank you to everybody, and thank you for listening to me. And um, perspective, if you didn't learn anything, let's respect one another's perspective. Number two, let's get a passion to learn one another. A passion to learn one another. And number three, and because of that, let's become partners. Because there's people you can reach, and there's people I can reach, and we can reach a whole lot of people. And I'm going to continue. And I mean, don't, you know, too many times people just say, well, there was a great guest that, that came, and he did this. No. I'm your brother in Christ. I am part of this church. Am I right? <laughs> you just quiet there. That should have been, yeah, you're part of the church. Yeah. See, you're, you're thinking this church again. Okay. I am a part of this church. <laughs> and you are a part of me. So therefore, wherever we go, my prayers are with you. My prayers are here, that this church will grow. As a matter of fact, let me pray over you. Um, Father, in Jesus' name, I just declare and I just speak the blessing of the Lord over this congregation here, that the blessing of the Lord will heal their bodies. The blessing of the Lord will heal their relationships. The blessing of the Lord will heal whatever healing, maybe financially, the blessing of the Lord will bring healing to that. The blessing of the Lord shall also guide them into all truth. The blessing of the Lord shall teach them the ways that you desire for them to learn and to go. The blessing of the Lord shall also protect them, protect their homes, protect their family, protect their finances. The blessing of the Lord shall also protect their physical bodies, keep them in health, keep them strong, their organs, their minds, their eyes, their ears, every part of their blood system heal in Jesus' name. And I thank you. I thank you. I thank you, Father, that the blessing of the Lord shall also protect their finances, that no crooked person can steal from them. And I pray that the blessing of the Lord shall also restore and bring restoration, bring recompense to them. 
restitution to them. And Father, I pray that the blessing of the Lord will also open doors for them, doors of opportunity, doors, Father, that no man can open. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I declare that this congregation here is blessed in Jesus' name. Amen.